0: We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigert. a pleasure to have you along. Happy Friday, everybody. And I'm guessing my next guest has no idea that it's even Friday. He's probably a little confused on what's going on because he's been chilling on the beach in a bar and just hanging out in the Bahamas. (sighs) Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record is on with me now. Hi, Noah. How
1: are you doing, Dave? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, it's a weird adjustment. It's raining outside. Yeah. In the Bahamas, when it rained, it rained for about 10 minutes and stopped. I can't do this right now.
0: Uh, honestly, I just wanted to get my good friend back on. And, and, and again, it's been a, been a little while, so I wanted to get him on and just honestly talk about the vacation. How was it, my man? Did you have fun?
1: Oh, yeah, it was a great time. You know, a week down there and hanging on the beach, you know. Didn't really check my phone too much. Did check it on the commitment that I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs> I saw that while I was on a boat, on like a boat charter snorkeling. So I was a little late to the party on that one, but it was all good.
0: Yeah, it's all good. What, what else you you snorkeled that you mentioned. What else did you do down there that was fun?
1: Snorkeled. We went to uh, you know, went to a water park, you know, just chilled on the beach, a little bit of everything, you know, saw a shark, saw some sea turtles on the
0: water, and it was a good week. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. Was it good to just disconnect a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, especially you know <laughs> now is the time to be able to do it because you know yeah. during the school years there's never not really any time, but it's good to get away for a week, and now we're we're back and what, a month away basically until. Uh Gaming football starts back
0: up. Hard to believe, no doubt. We're going to talk about that. We're talking about Noah Flashman from the Daily News Record. Just got back from a little vacation that was uh, was deserved for Noah and and his family as they took took some time down there. And you know, I wanted to talk to you. I'm going to talk some football with you, but I want to start with baseball. He just put out a, an article today that um, I was going to talk about a bunch on the show. And actually, I was trying to get a hold of Bob Weese. Um, he wasn't able to come on today, so we'll probably talk to him next week about this. But um, obviously, Bob has been a longtime manager of the Harrisonburg Turks. He's been a staple in this community forever and and with with summer baseball and still doing it to this day we talked a little bit to him last week about this but now that Brian O'Connor Kevin O'Sullivan and Tom Walter all have teams in the College World Series for Virginia Florida and Wake Forest respectively all three of those guys were on the same team back in what 1990 playing in Harrisonburg for the Turks for Bob Weiss that's pretty unbelievable isn't it
1: it is. It's a pretty cool feat, right? You have three guys that just were playing college baseball together, you know, for one summer in Harrisonburg. You know, thirty-three years later, end up, you know, being on the same stage at the same time. Two of them have won national titles and been here before, but you know, I think it's cool for Tom Walter and a lot of everyone was talking about that. It was, you know, it's his first time making the College World Series, and he's been a coach for almost 30 years, so it's, it's pretty cool to see.
0: You know, it, it, talk a little bit about that. I know you had a chance to talk to Bob, and he wasn't able to come on today, and we'll talk to him a little bit more about it tomorrow, but, or next week, I should say, but, you know, uh, talk about what, what he had to say about that team and those three.
1: Yeah, you know, he said, you know, they won 500. It was the first year that Bob owned the Turks, right, in 1990, and he wasn't a coach yet. Um, he was just, you know, running the, the operations side of the team, put the team together, and he only had a couple months to do it, and He put a lot of good players on that team. There's a few guys that made major league debuts. um, You know, one that was within the front office of the Nationals when they won the World Series. Then you have three guys that go on to to be pretty big time college coaches. And the fourth one, um, the coach at Oregon also played there, and he almost Mm. made the College World Series, too. So that would have been kind of crazy if they had four. And basically half the field would have been, you know, Harrisonburg Turks. But three is a pretty good number for Bob Weeks.
0: Yeah, No question. We're talking to Noah Fleischmann from the Daily News Record. He's got an article out today. Um, again, you can read it online at dnronline.com slash sports as he talks about the three gentlemen we just talked about leading Virginia, Florida, and Wake Forest into the College World Series. Um, two of them will meet up tonight together when they when UVA takes on Florida in the uh, primetime game at 7 o'clock in Omaha. But Bob Weiss, again, he acquired the Turks in, in March of nineteen ninety and these three were all on the same team. It's uh, I, I guess that's why they they've been coaches for a long time. Maybe since the team was only five hundred, they weren't that great of players, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, some of them played pretty well. I think Brian O'Connor ended up did sign with the Milwaukee Brewers after he was done playing college ball at Creighton. Um but I thought what was interesting was that was the first time Brian O'Connor had ever been in the state of Virginia was when he wow. played for the Turks and obviously now he's been a staple in Virginia baseball for the past 20 years at UVA so it's kind of interesting touch there and now he's kind of back in his hometown at Omaha trying to trying to get another national title.
0: Yeah that's yeah that's really cool. And with those guys again they they probably they I'm sure they remember the summer but it, <laughs> it's cool for us being in Harrisonburg and they were all here but that's been a long time ago since they've been here but that's pretty amazing um, that they were on that team and they've had so much success I'm guessing that uh, w- when you look at those guys and the success that they've had I'm guessing Bob Bob probably helped in their success at, at some point just because of what what he was able to to teach them at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously a probably a baseball lifer. I mean, Bob is a guy who's playing the RCPL at thirteen, and you know he's close to eighty or is eighty now. So he's been around the block a few times in baseball. So by the time these guys showed up, you know maybe he told him a thing or two. And I mean, he was just talking about how cool it is to see a lot of the guys that he's coached, you know, move on and either play at the MLB level. He's had a few guys, you know, get really high up and you know play in the World Series and be World Series MVP. But he's also had guys. They're going to be really good college coaches like these three. So it's kind of cool where he's been able to see kind of the whole, you know, avenue of baseball where you can take it. And, you know, it just shows that you stick with the sport you love. You can find a way to make it work, you know, the whole year and your whole career.
0: And that's part of why the Turks have been really good over the years, too, is because of these coaches knowing Bob and able to send him players and have different connections I know he's got Man, he has so many connections with coaches not just these three but there's so many others across the country and that's why they can get kids from all over the country and and be very competitive every single summer
1: yeah you know Bob told me a couple weeks ago you know it's really hard these days to recruit for college you know summer teams because there's so many leagues around the country and it didn't used to be like that you know 30 years ago and 30 years ago, you could get the All-Americans to come to the Valley, but now, you know, the Cape is kind of the big-time thing. That's where if you're, you're an All-American and, and draft prospect, you're probably going up there. But, you know, he still relies on these connections of former players that send people back. I mean, you know, Tom Walter, who played here, sent four guys from Wake Forest this year, and he's, been, he sent, he's basically sends players to, to Bob every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other people that have played for Bob, too. Like, you know, Oregon sent a few players before, and then, you know, a couple guys that are playing really well right now um, for the Turks from Oklahoma City College, um, an NAIA school. You know, their coach was the first, one of the first coaches of the Turks when Bob bought the team. So it's kind of cool how connections kind of pay off and guys really re- recognize what Bob Weese can do and, you know, they keep sending guys back to him.
0: Okay, we're talking about Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record as, again, three of the former Harrisonburg Turks coaching in the College World Series. And uh, Bob made no bones about it, did he? he he's, he's rooting for Tom Walter and Wake Forest since he's never won a national championship.
1: Yeah, that he is. He wants, he wants him to, you know, he wants him to win his first one. He also wants him to win because he he sent him four players this year, so he sent him the, the maximum you can send in the valley. So, you know, he's he's happy and wants that guy to win.
0: Uh, no question. Again, we're talking to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record as the College World Series gets underway today. 2 o'clock will be TCU and Oral Roberts. And then tonight, again, UVA against Florida, as they'll meet in the primetime game tonight at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, Wake Forest will, will kick it off at 2 o'clock when they take on Stanford. And then uh, tomorrow night, LSU and Tennessee in the College World Series as it begins at Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, Nebraska. All right, let's talk a little JMU football as well. This one happened before you went on vacation, but the Dukes landed their first class of 2024 commit with a running back, maybe an athlete. We'll see where he ends up, but Nate Crosby Jr. Uh, committed to JMU from North Carolina. Talk about this young man.
1: Yeah, you know, he's a running back slash athlete. I think the athlete's more of, you know, kind of sees himself as a Debo Samuel type, you know, run the ball, can, can come out the slot. Um, but he's a, he's a Pretty good recruit for for JMU to get, you know, for their first recruiting class, 2024, from just outside of Charlotte. Um, you know, he had offers from other, you know, group of five schools, including Charlotte, who's you know right down the road from his house. But he ended up picking JMU, and it's a good way to start, you know, the Dukes, and to really pick up the running back, which you think, you know, you're going to see basically every single year. They're going to they're going to try to load that room as much as they can. They've had so much success, you know, in doing that the last few years. You know, you keep doing it.
0: I was going to say I don't think there's ever going to be a problem with them getting backs just because of what this university has has churned out as far as running backs go. I think they're always going to be able to get some pretty talented guys in that room.
1: Yeah, I think they will and, and he's a good start. He's not really, you know, a, you know, top-rated recruit. He's not a four-star, five-star guy, but it's kind of what Jamie he said bread and butter is, you know, taking guys that are under the radar players and and letting them flourish. I mean, you saw that with Percy J Obese, you know, Kalen Black. Um, even a guy like Juice Wells, who was really under the radar coming out of high school, you know, they got hand for a couple of years before he's, you know, done his thing in the SEC at South Carolina. So I think this might be another one of those where the guy who slips through the cracks, if you just watch his highlights, I mean, he makes one cut and runs downfield and and. and Finds ways to make plays. So I think he's a really good back for this room and, you know, kind of a Percy J. powerful runner, but he's quick and he can get downfield.
0: Yeah, he, he lists himself at 5'10", 191. So again, decent size. And I'm sure he'll get bigger and stronger faster as it continues. But again, uh, they have that's the first recruit that is committed from the 24 class um as that happened a a couple of weeks ago and then as you mentioned this week another one committed a linebacker who i think uh some folks are pretty high on bryson banks young man from georgia had offers from what army navy georgia state there were others as well but uh he committed earlier this week looks like he's a pretty talented kid
1: yeah he is i mean you know as you said those offers he also had georgia southern in the mix you know and navy army middle tennessee a lot of a lot of good decent teams in the mix for him um, but he only took one visit to JMU and uh, knew that that was a spot for him. And, and you know, he he talked about JMU showing the love, right? You know, that's a lot of guys talk about is you know, how much the team really you know wants them to come. And you know, they weren't being too you know pushy with their with their pitch. I mean, he said Brian Haynes would reach out once a week or so and just say, you know, we want you to come. And and eventually he did, and he committed. He, he's ready to come and, and get to JMU. So two twenty twenty four commits and, and Banks is guy who finds himself all over the field. I mean, he's had a game this year with 15 tackles last year and uh, an interception and a fumble recovery all in one game. So, he's a guy who finds his way around the middle of the field. He's not big at all, but, you know, he plays with chip on his shoulder and I think that's another kind of, cal- you know, a guy that you're looking for, Jamie.
0: Well, and you wrote about this in your article that that he came to practice, he watched Torres Jones and Jalen Walker and those guys definitely are not the biggest linebackers in the country but they they get the job done. He kind of fits that role, doesn't he? That mold, that mold that that this this defense likes with fast, athletic linebackers.
1: He does. He can he, he he's fast and physical, is how he called it, and he said he plays with violence. And I think that if you look at how Jalen Walker and Torres Jones play, it's pretty similar. And he talked about how he thought basically saw himself as the mirror on the field and He's excited to kind of fit that mold. And I think, you know, JMU did a really good job of showing him, like, hey, you don't need to be a, a six foot four, you know, 200 something pound, you know, linebacker. You can be a little bit smaller and quick and, and make things work. And he saw how, how much success, you know, those two had a year ago and in this system. And I mean, heck, when he shows up, they'll be in their senior year and he'll have a chance to learn from them for a year before mm-hmm. maybe taking the reins himself.
0: Okay, we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record as he just got back from vacation in the Bahamas. So good to have. Noah, back. He'll be on every day from here on out. <laughs> that was only in the uh, the end of the spring season. So, but we'll still get on Noah about every week, I'm sure, as we talk. As we lead into JMU football, again, as, as we mentioned, it's not that far away. A couple of commits, and I'm guessing with, with camps now going on, again, we, I talked to Kurt Signetti last week, and they had their first camp last weekend. They'll have camps throughout the summer. Um, I think we'll start to see quite a few. I think we've seen quite a few guys say, hey, got offered by JMU, and these are all 24 kids right now. I think we'll start to see quite a few start to trickle in, and this is kind of the time when, uh, when these guys are at the camps and they can really get their hands on them.
1: This is, right? You know, when, when Kurt Tignetti talks about recruiting, and, you know, a lot of the places, a lot of guys that they offer, they come through a camp. You know, some schools just look at your film and just offer you there, but a lot of guys, that they want to show up and really see them and in, in, see them in competition and things like that. So coming to camp is pretty big. We've seen a lot of guys get offers out of camp. We've also seen a lot of 2024 guys showing up to camp that hold JMU offers, you know, to get back in front of the coaching staff. And, you know, what we've seen the most is guys putting JMU in their top five, top two lists. Um, you know, I know there's a couple guys committing in the next month or so, and I'd assume that we'll see, you know, Jan, you pick up more commits as the summer rolls on. I mean, this time last year, there was a couple, and then by 4th of July, I mean, they had 10. So
0: mm-hmm. it, yeah, I
1: think it's definitely going to pick up in the next month or so of just, you know, these class 2024 guys wanting to commit before their senior year begin.
0: We're talking to Noah Flashman from the Daily News Record, and um, I saw this on the roster last week, and I think that you did as well. But <laughs> I I love I love uniforms and numbers, and I, I love why people pick numbers and do different things. And there's always number changes after certain years and everything like that, because uh, you're kind of given a number when you're younger in in your career you, as a freshman. They just kind of give you a number. This is what's available. Here you go. Um, Torres Jones now wearing number zero. I freaking love it. <laughs> He's going to look like a bad mofo, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it looks great. I mean, you know, <laughs> Isaac Ufou departs and I think he saw that and he was like, I need I need the number. And, uh, you know, he definitely earned it last year. I mean, you talk about a lot of these guys just get handed the number when they show up on campus, but the older you get, the, the more say you get in what you have on your number. Or on the roster. I mean, we may see some nicknames pop up on the roster, too, this year. <laughs> you know, with some of these older guys.
0: Um, yeah, yes, we may, we may. We'll see. Um, but the two the, now the, the two guys you mentioned, Taurus Jones, Jalen Walker, wearing 0 and 5 as linebackers. That's going to look sweet. I, I, I like it. I like it.
1: I like it too. I think you know single-digit numbers. It's 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 all the rave, you know. Especially now at the NFL making that rule change right. a few years ago. Right. I mean, we've seen it in college football for a while, but zero and five on the on defense. You know, both of them get those guys changing their numbers from a year ago. Single digits. Maybe they want to look a little bit more athletic. You know, even though they're already pretty athletic guys, the single digit might help a little bit more.
0: Usually, it's the. Uh, I mean, we talked to Mike Green and guys like that here over the years, and they would switch to single digits. They want to look to. So- Slimmer. <laughs> um, these guys don't need to look slimmer. <laughs> they may, they probably need the double numbers, but uh, they'll look sweet, no doubt. Then Brent Austin goes to twenty three. That's a good cornerback number.
1: It is. I mean, you know, he's a guy who earned his opportunity to change his number. I think. You know, yeah. with how he played last year, and he's going to have a big role coming up. I know we talked about cornerbacks last year, but if you look at the depth chart on corner. It's, you know He's up there toward the top of the list with, uh, with Chauncey Logan on the other side of so young corners, but they both played really well a year ago.
0: And it looks like Jordan Funk, again, he might be a tight end all the time now. We weren't sure. He was kind of back and forth in the spring, thought he might be a tight end, but he's played defensive tackle obviously as well. But if you switch to 85, you're probably going to be stuck at, I mean, not that you can't play D-line at 85, but again, it seems like he's kind of entrenched as a tight end now.
1: Yeah, it signals that that, that move is going to happen. I mean, Chris ignetti you know, during spring ball, wasn't sure if it was going to stick completely. You know, he, he wasn't really committing on, you know, this is, this is what's going to happen. But changing to eighty-five, that's more of the you know prototypical tight end number, and helps bring some depth to that room and kind of frees up a spot on the D line at the same time. And so there's really not a back, not as much of a backlog, you know, in that in that room as well.
0: Okay, if Noah Fleischman was a, a big-time college football player and could choose any number he wanted, whatever position he's playing, what number are you picking?
1: What number am I picking? I'm going to go with number one because I'll be the best <laughs> in my position. So give me number
0: one. You need to look a th- little thinner, don't you? <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe I'll pick 99 so I look thick. I don't
0: know. <laughs> That's because one's going to make you look even smaller than you are, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it will. I mean, I, I I'd also ask, you know, Media, if, you know, he could uh, round up my height a little bit, too.
0: But. <laughs> no, no way. Chris Brooks would say no. They're going to do what you exactly are. But I don't know that he really follows that. He, he claims he does, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, we are uh, a little over a month away. It's hard to believe. Anything? What else are you working on here Here in the coming future? Probably still t- trying to get, figure out what's going on around here, right?
1: I am, you know. I'm just, you know, hanging tight, you know, working on some Turk stuff. You know, of course, if any, Commits happen, which I'd anticipate in the next couple weeks will probably happen. Um, we'll be all over that. And yeah, just, you know, kind of taking it a little easier right now before we get back to the swing of things. And, you know, just about a month when we go head to New Orleans for
0: me today. Yeah, absolutely. We are just over a month away from that, and that'll be fun. Um, any? Do you feel like there'll be any more additions or subtractions from the roster for this year? Uh,
1: I wouldn't think so. I mean yeah. basically the the portal entry is closed, so if a guy were to leave he kinda gets stuck here anyway at JMU. Um I don't think, I mean, it's kinda late really to bring in a transfer at this point. So I think what, what they have for the twenty twenty three season is what they're gonna rock with right now. I mean, could happen. Um, you know, you could enroll but at the same time you would want people on campus right now during right. conditioning and, and, and summer classes. So I I'd anticipate the guys on campus are the guys that are gonna suit up. Um, when September 2nd rolls around.
0: And everybody's here now. All the transfers are here. The freshmen are here. So they're all starting that uh, process to get this team where they want to get it here in 2023. So exciting times here as it is not far away. All right, man, good to have you back. Good to have you back on the air with me. I appreciate you as always. And again, read more of Noah's stuff online, com slash sports. Thanks, my man. Appreciate you. Yeah,
1: thanks, Dave.